1: To the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best friends forever. Best friends forever. Fantasy, best friends forever. It's gonna be me.
0: Yeah. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That is Frank Stanford. I am Greg Sussman. April's finally over, Frank. We
2: made it. Finally. Longest month in the history of humanity is over. I can't believe we went an entire show yesterday without saying it's going to be May. About today. I don't really do that. You're not into it?
0: Like, I, I literally saw, like, a fake tweet from Justin Timberlake saying he effing hates this month. I
2: was like, oh yeah, that joke. It's, it's pretty good. I don't, I don't know. Grouchy Greg today. No, just busy Greg. Just busy Greg. Admittedly, I wouldn't say I'm grouchy today. I, you're I just, you're little off. I, I didn't agree. Sleep very well. I agree. A you're little li- groggy little You're
0: a little high strung today.
2: I don't know what's going on.
0: You're a little high strung today.
2: Maybe the maybe the show will will you know get it out of me, Greg.
0: I hope so, Frank.
2: Wake me up a little bit.
0: Wake you up before can't, it's over.
2: Can't can think of a better way to kick off May than uh, with a nice, you know, 50-degree day here in New York City. It's quite cold. Perfect. It's quite exactly cold. Exactly what today. we wanted. Yeah, yeah. I'm, wearing, I'm wearing... We get literally. through April, all the uh, all the rain, the cloudiness of April, and we start off May with a 50-degree day. Perfect. Can't think of a better way to... Tomorrow, start. I think, it's supposed to
0: be like 70 and rainy.
2: Never we got sure. a lot of rain coming up, too. Yeah. Seems like uh, April's over, but... Everything that April normally brings, oh. not over, Greg. I didn't realize the Yankees are on a 340 today. Yes, they are. Oh, that's cool. Big Merrill Kelly on the mound. Excited? I had to start him in a league, Fortunately. Why unfortunately? He's facing the Yankees. Uh, unfortunately, because I benched Spencer Turnbull for him. Oh, Spencer bro! Turnbull pitched a uh, pretty damn good Left. Like I think there's emojis It's two weeks in a row that Spencer Turnbull loses his double start. He was supposed to have a two-star week this week. I'm sorry, man. lost it, so I see his only start is at Philadelphia. Don't really love guys with one start at Philadelphia. So I bench Spencer Turnbull. He ends up having a great start mm-hmm. in favor of Merrill Kelly. So, um, hoping the Yankees win, but hoping Merrill Kelly gives me quality start. Let's go with that, Greg.
0: By the way, I know we're, we're doing this before the um, doubleheader kicks off between the Orioles and the White Sox. Trey Mancini is back in the lineup for Game 1 well, against see. the Chicago White Sox.
2: Very nice. Yeah.
0: Carlos Santana's home run, home run two days in a row. I don't know who to start, Frank. This is...
2: Well, what, what's, what's your options here? What do you got? What do you got going on?
0: I don't know. I, nobody cares, so I'm not going to go through it. I mean, I care,
2: but, like... Well, I'm happy matters. you brought it up, Greg, if no one cares. Just being honest with you. No, I, I know well, nobody well, cares. Why do you even bring it up, then? Because
0: I, I care. It matters to me.
2: So do it during the break.
0: I'm, I'm going to do just that. I was looking at lineups for today. That's, and that's you got day I got
2: baseball. It. I love Wednesdays, Greg. Happy hump day to you.
0: It's glad we made it. Day baseball. It's, it's been
2: a good first two days of the week, I think.
0: And I like to... Uh,
2: yeah. I right. mean, uh, Trevor Bauer, a little. Underwhelming last night, you know, crazy to say he still goes seven innings and gives ten strikeouts, but four earned runs against the Marlins. Meh. Let's start right there, because you, you played daily last
0: night, and you did whatever you could to get Trevor Bauer in your lineup. Uh, how did you perform?
2: Uh, overall, I actually performed well, because I had Fran Reyes in my lineup. Oh, he that, was runs, yeah, so that, that was, was great. Yeah, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought, you know, of course, the one time that I put Trevor Bauer in my lineup, it's like, I'm the omen for him, where he gives him four earned runs against the Miami Marlins. Uh, of all teams. I was watching the start. It was uh, The second inning was just a really weird one. Uh, they get caught in like a suicide squeeze situation where um, nobody was covering third because Jose Ramirez came in, so the guy's like halfway down the line, ends up throwing it to first. That scores a run. It gives up a home run to Curtis Granderson later on. An absolute moon rocket, by the way, too, to Curtis Granderson, which eliminates a quality start. So a little bit frustrating. And I was looking into Trevor Bauer's numbers last night. He's a real interesting guy. I mean, outside of the usual stuff that we talk about with Trevor Bauer being an interesting dude, like, the walks are back up this year. The walks are over 4 per 9, Greg, which is not great. Uh, The case per 9 last year was over 11. This year, he's right around 10, so that's down. The swinging strike rate is down. I just think he's trying to do a little bit too much, Greg. He throws, like, six different pitches. And all of these pitches have phenomenal movement, but I think half the time he can't even harness where these pitches are going to go. Just me watching it last night. He has nasty wipeout slider. It seems like all of his pitches have this crazy movement. But most of the time, he can't throw them for strikes. So he's getting guys to chase his pitches, obviously. But it just seems to me like Bauer is trying to do a little bit too much. Swinging strike rate down a little bit. O-swing is down. So they're laying off those pitches outside the strike zone. And those are resulting in walks. And his first pitch strike percentage is down too. So I know he had the... The game where he left with the no-hitter, and it was an awesome start. But overall, it's been kind of a mixed bag when you look at the underlying numbers when it comes to Trevor Bauer.
0: Seven innings, four hits, four runs, four walks, 10Ks was the final line for Bauer uh, over his seven innings of work against the Marlins. Sandy Alcantara has also been a disappointment for Miami. Uh, Five innings, five and a third innings, seven hits, six runs, four of which were earned, three walks, only struck out one. Uh, that's not going to get the job done. You mentioned Curtis Granderson's moon rocket. Uh, Carlos Santana went deep for the second day in a row. He was badly in middle, uh, a mini slump, uh, but his third home run there of the year. Santana's average, which is never going to be high, is down to 316. The OVP, which is going to be high, uh, is up at 430 uh, here on the season.
2: Greg, may it interest you in Carlos Gonzalez at all? Seems like he's heating up a little bit. Well, tell me about him. Well, over the past week for Carlos Gonzalez, he all right, well, not a great batting average, two two twenty seven, but he ha- he does have two home runs, four RBIs, four runs scored, and he hit an absolute rocket yesterday too. Classic Carlos Gonzalez. I love to see it too when uh, when these older veteran players they, they still show you they got a little something left in the tank. He just smacks a pitch, just drops the bat immediately. It was just one of those classic Carlos Gonzalez, um, Carlos Gonzalez swings. But you know, over the past. Four games. He has two multi-hit games. He he hits the big three-run homer last night. He has two runs scored last night as well. Look In deeper leagues, in Roto, you got to start five outfielders. Seems like these players are dropping like flies. There, where you need to start five outfielders, Greg, I'd take a shot. I'd take a flyer on Carlos Gonzalez. Anything shallower than five outfielders, probably not.
0: So I've always had the... I've always really liked Carlos Gonzalez, um, so I you know this is usually the point of the week where you tell, talk about uh, some terrible veteran you want to pick up. Like that's usually, that's usually where we end up on about Wednesday or so. Basically, yeah. Um, like I, I Jordan Zimmerman and Homer Bailey coming to mind. Are you
2: going to gonna tell me to, to not buy into Carlos Gonzalez? Well,
0: you know, but I think you did it right this time, right? In five outfielder leagues, Carlos Gonzalez batting in the middle of the order, playing every day, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with taking a shot on Carlos Gonzalez. Hanley Ramirez, the former Indians veteran, he took a shot on. Uh, I believe that the Indians cut him before we did, so (laughs) not our fault. I would get to Carlos Gonzalez. I'm fine with Carlos Gonzalez. He doesn't cost anything.
2: Oh, this great. His launch angle negative three (laughs) point (laughs) six. Doesn't seem like that's going to work very well for you, Carlos Gonzalez. Probably not. Uh, Yeah, he's batting two sixty one, but his expected batting average is two sixty eight. There's something. I want to talk about... 60 to 270 hitter? Just raise the launch angle a little bit, Cargo. Let's, Let's get some bombs here. I want to talk about,
0: Frankie, a player that through April I could not have been more wrong about. And you told me, and you begged me in March, don't let my biases affect anything. Don't let it affect anything. Modica, more than anybody, is like, you're being an idiot. And I'm just like, no, this guy stinks. Problem is, he doesn't stink. And that's Luis Castillo who last night against the Mets, six and two-thirds, five hits, two runs. He walked three, which isn't good. He struck out seven on the evening. He finishes the month of April with a 1.45 ERA. Jason Vargas, by the way, goes five innings, three hits, one run. He also walked three, uh, and he struck out a five. That makes three starts in a row where Jason Vargas did not make it through six innings. Two of them, he didn't make it through five,
2: but he allowed just
0: one run. Interesting to note, and probably nothing else.
2: Oh, come uh, on, Greg. You don't want Jason Vargas? That's, that's do, a crappy veteran we can add. I do not. How about NL only?
0: Jerry's familiar. Oh, it was pushed uh, to go two full innings. It did not work out as he blows this one um, in the ninth. He, he blows it, really, in the ninth, and the Reds come back to win it in the 10th. Yeah, and I the, mean, no, look- sorry, the Mets come back to win it, rather, in the 10th.
2: Regarding Luis Castillo, uh, you're right, Greg. He, he has been awesome. And I think part of this, something that's been overlooked is the fact that they poached the pitching coach from the Milwaukee Brewers, Derek Johnson, who was the pitching coach for the past three years. It's clearly working because we're getting some bounce-back performances here from Luis Castillo, from Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray has been awesome to start the season as well. If you, if you watch Luis Castillo pitch, it seems like he's learning how to pitch now. He's kind of pitching backwards. He knows that his fastball is not his best pitch. In fact, it's probably his worst pitch. That was something we highlighted multiple times while talking about Luis Castillo before the season with Matt Modica. He has a really, really bad fastball. Yes, he throws it really hard, 95, 96, 97 miles per hour, but a lot of times it's straight as an arrow, and it gets hit hard. So I think he's learning how to pitch backwards and using his changeup to kind of uh, establish the strike zone and using that slider a little bit more. The changeup has been absolutely deadly this season. And he's, he's throwing it more, uh, frankly. And his hard hit rate is down significantly. The biggest difference, Greg, between Luis Castillo last year and this year, yep. he's only allowed two home runs this season. Last year, he allowed 28 home runs. That was a huge issue for him. Now, once the weather starts to heat up and he has more starts in... The Great American Small Park, and he's going up against the Brewers and the Cubs and the Cardinals. Do those home run numbers jump up? I do have a tad bit concern. Look, he's not going to pitch to an ERA under two for the entire season, but can he be the pitcher that we all, well, not all, because you didn't think he could be this, but um, can he be the pitcher that pitches to a low to mid threes ERA with over a strikeout per inning and and a whip that doesn't kill you? I think the answer is yes. So there's going to be some regression at some point because he's not going to pitch to a an ERA under two. But overall, he's been awesome, and I think a lot of credit goes to their pitching coach Derek Johnson.
0: Rysel Iglesias so allows his first run, uh, his first earned run since you know, over the last two weeks or so. Uh, have you been surprised by his workload and where they've used him, or no?
2: He's still getting the majority of the correct save opportunities. Correct. Um, He has taken on a pretty big workload so far to start the season. Uh, He's appeared in 12 games. He's got, you know, he's right around 13 innings pitched. Uh, But they have seven save opportunities this season. I mean, they have nine save opportunities this season. He has seven of those. And he has six of their seven saves. So, I had concerns about, you know, where were they going to use him? Again, with Derek Johnson coming over, was he going to make them their version of Josh Hader? Something that he did with the Brewers the past couple of years. I did have my concerns. Uh, And overall... You know, Rysel Iglesias does have four losses on the year. He has a 3.38 ERA but 22 strikeouts and 13 in a third innings pitch. And the fact that he has six of the seven saves, I think if you drafted Rysel Iglesias, you'll sign up for what he's done.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I was actually more on Iglesias than, than you were, kind of believing he was clearly their best reliever, and I thought that he would find his way in the ninth inning. It was a little manager speak. And it seems like at least through April, that seemed to be the case. Good news, of course, there uh, for those that own Rysel Iglesias. Stolen base-wise last night. Ever since Jose Peraza moved into the leadoff role, he's slowly gotten hot, as you kind of called here, Frank. He stole his fourth Little base.
2: pat on the back.
0: He stole his fourth base of the season. Yasiel Puig stole his third. Puig has obviously been struggling. Over four, he did walk last night, still batting under 200. Puig. We talked about him uh, a couple days ago. A. Eugenio Suarez, a name we have not mentioned this season. He had his, uh, what, seventh home run the season already? Which is kind of crazy. Seven home runs in the season, only batting 230. What do you think of what A. Eugenio Suarez has done thus far this season?
2: I did have some concerns regarding Suarez coming into the year. I just didn't think that he was going to be able to live up to what he did uh, last season. And the batter ball data last year was awesome, but the second half he slowed down a little bit. Uh, and so far this year, the hard hit rate is still very high. I mean, it's forty seven percent, and last year it was forty eight percent. He's hitting he's hitting more ground. Uh, he's hitting more fly balls this year as well, but the line drive rate severely down. But for his BABIP to be 239, he's a 314 career BABIP. I mean, there is positive regression coming for Eugenio Suarez. Is he going to live up to what everybody wanted him to do? I mean, 34 home runs and 104 ribbies last year. That's a really, really good season out of Eugenio Suarez. I think he could also come close to 30 home runs, maybe even eclipse it just because of the ballpark that he hits in. Um, But overall, the slow start to the rest of the Reds lineup, I don't know that he's going to come close to the 100 RBIs. Positive regression coming for the batting average. I think you know, he's probably going to climb up into that 260 to 270 range, 262 career hitter. Uh, maybe he's like a 270 hitter, and the power still comes close to 30 home runs, maybe approaches it. Um, but I think the RBIs are probably going to sh- fall short of what we were expecting just because of the slow start to the Cincinnati Reds lineup overall. But you look at his batted ball data, a lot of it is pretty much in line uh, with what he was doing last year. He's ha- he just had some bad, bad luck to start the season.
0: Fair enough. Hey, Uenio Suarez uh, picking up. On the other side, the only name I want to mention, we talked about the Mets a little bit yesterday, is Ahmed Rosario, who's obviously struggled in the field. He's gotten benched because of it. But he was 2-3 for three last night. He still is third base of the season. Rosario is batting two seventy four with an OBP of three nineteen. I tell you, those line, those numbers, I think fantasy owners are going to be pretty satisfied. Are you satisfied with what you've seen from Ahmed Rosario? And what can we expect?
2: Uh, yeah, I am. I, I don't love the strikeout rate as a guy who... You know, a speedy guy who should be putting the ball in play. But the fact that he's improved his walk rate this year, it's still not great, but 6.2% compared to 4.9% last year and 4.5% overall for his brief major league career. So he's taking the steps to get better as a hitter, walking a little bit more. Uh, the 274 batting average, I think that's fine. Like if you were to hit around 270 to 275 for the season, that's great. Counting stats have been pretty good. A little bit of power, two home runs, a little bit of speed, three stolen bases. 17 RBIs. Probably weren't expecting that this early on in the season. The hard hit rate up tremendously. Uh, Last year was 27%. This year, 38%. So, I think overall, the strides that a lot of people were expecting Ahmed Rosario to make this season. Remember, he's still only 23 years old. So far, he's been off to a pretty good start, Greg. I mean, I think you want even more speed. He has three stolen bases. But, you know, if he could give you close to 25, maybe 20, 20 to five stolen bases pretty good. Absolutely. I think people were just expecting like this big breakout year. Sure. Maybe like 15 homers, 30 steals. Not sure we get that, but overall to start the
0: season, he's been pretty damn good. Absolutely. When we come back, my man Vinny Velasquez didn't have it last night. We'll talk more about some of the, some of what we saw on
1: Tuesday night around the MLB.
3: 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Fantasy Sports Today And you don't want wife beaters or chi- people that are
1: putting child- children in harm's way You don't want them running around the football field when people know something may have happened but at the same time, what do you do? You have to. You can suspend them for a certain period of time, but you know, when it comes to Reuben Foster and Kareem Hunt and now Tyreek Hill, if the, if the legal system isn't going to do anything about it. What is the NFL supposed to do? Saturdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
2: So there's people obsessed with this thing, huh? Well, I did tell the beforehand if I can if I can get some, it's going to be May. I got it.
0: It's like a one-note joke, though. Greg, I'm not grouchy. Like, (laughs) I just, all right, I got it. I don't want to have fun. I don't like it. I I, I got it. It's going to be May. It's uh, Justin Timberlake says May instead of me. I I got it.
2: All right, Greg. Way to rain on the parade of everyone who likes jokes around here. I like jokes. Jokes. Yeah, all right, so tell me a joke, Greg.
0: Do you remember when you were younger and you could just tell each other you had all these jokes lined up?
2: I'll tell you a joke, Greg. Okay. Vincent Velasquez.
0: Oh, that, that was not nice.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, bud. That was... You are asking
0: for it. Dude, that was not nice to me. You know how, how sensitive I am to Vinny. Almost as sensitive as I am about jeans.
2: Yeah, how, how are the jeans looking today, Greg? They're good. They're, I got my normal jeans. All right, I look a little bit better. A little, little bit slimmer. I like the socks. Greg's rocking the polka dot socks today.
0: Yeah, yeah I got the blue polka dot socks. All blue. Yeah. All blue everything.
2: And of the there. socks. And of the socks. Thank you.
0: Uh, Vinny V did not have it against the Tigers. He went three and two-thirds, six hits, three runs, three walks. He struck out 70 through 99 pitches through his less than four innings of work. Not great, Bob.
2: Yeah, against the Detroit Tigers lineup, um, of all teams, too, pretty good matchup on paper here for, for Vincent Velasquez. Uh, but, again, I mean, look, this is part of the problem when it comes to him. And, and I've kind of talked about this. He's, he's going to be inconsistent at times. He struggles with command. I just don't think that he's ever going to put it together for what we were ultimately expecting from him. Uh, you know, he had a few all right seasons, some, some major upside flashes. I remember he had a few double-digit performances that were great. But overall, I mean, you still get the strikeouts. You get seven strikeouts yesterday. You get 13 swinging strikes on 99 pitches. But to give up six hits and three walks and only three and two-thirds innings pitched. I mean, it was just a disaster here going up against a lineup that, frankly, he should have been able to dominate in the Detroit Tigers. So, um, just when you think you can trust Vince Velasquez in the right matchup, he comes out here uh, and he does this. So uh, I wish I could tell you that he's a guy that you stream, Greg, in the right matchup, but... This was the right matchup. Exactly. I, I think he's a pitcher who use him for a two-start week in deeper leagues, you know, 15-team Roto. Uh, when the right matchup looks like it's on paper, obviously against the Marlins, like you can stream him there. Uh, but overall, I think he's going to be inconsistent. Like there's going to be... These starts where you think it's going to be a great matchup, you start him. He doesn't come through, and then there's going to be games where he has a tougher matchup and he's on your bench. And those are the ones where he puts together, you know, the six shutout innings with eight strikeouts, and you're just kind of left there scratching your head. So, I just think there's a lot of frustration when it comes to owning uh, Vinny Velasquez.
0: I think, uh, I think there is as well, unfortunately. Uh, on the other side, it was all about the ball. How'd you like those emojis I sent yesterday?
2: That was great. We had it going back and forth. You tweet me about Shane Green, I send you some some tigers because. I couldn't do the, the the you know the, the sound effect I normally do. What was that sound effect, uh, right? There it was. I couldn't do that over text, so I sent you some tiger emojis, and then you send me back the bull emojis. Look, Spencer Turnbull, the underlying numbers are not good. They're not. <laughs> Just to be clear, he's not good. No, I I still like him though. I, I still think that, I think that the underlying numbers are kind of are gonna. Normalize a little bit. Like I think they're gonna. I think the underlying numbers are actually gonna come closer. So he look. He's not gonna pitch to a two five three ERA. Three six seven FIP, Maybe he pitches to a little bit higher than that. His x fip is four point five zero. Like I don't think he's that bad of a pitcher. But he's also not a, a two point five three ERA pitcher either. But averaging almost a strikeout per inning so far this year has struggled a little bit with walks. He has. Uh, he throws two breaking pitches. He throws a curveball and a slider. He gets a lot of movement on these pitches. But at times. Struggles to command those breaking pitches. And then that's how he gets in trouble with walks. But, you know, throws a mid-90s fastball, Greg. I like Spencer Turnbull. The swinging strike rate is above average, above league average. And, you know, I say he struggles with the walks at times, but his first pitch strike percentage, really good, 67%. That's much higher than league average. You know, he gets uh, he gets oppo- opposing batters to chase pitches outside the strike zone at about a league average rate, 30 31%. So... Overall, I like the arsenal of Spencer Turnbull. He's not going to keep up a 2.53 ERA. I think he's probably in that mid to higher threes ERA range when it's all said and done. But I think he's a pretty good pitcher, man. I like Spencer Turnbull. There you go. I know you're not a fan. Hey, you know, the one time we started him against the Indians, so he bad. laid down. But if you look at the other starts, Greg, look, he, hasn't allowed more than, he hasn't allowed more than three runs in any start this season. He's allowed one and run over his last three starts. in 17 innings pitch it's combined. Great. It's great. He's getting it done right now. And that was against, that was at Philly. That was at Boston, his last start. And then Pittsburgh, uh, three starts ago, which he was supposed to dominate. And he did. You he know, he's also going to get it done. Who's that? Shane Green. Shane Green. Shuck at the side last night. I wish I could say that he's uh, leading the league in saves, Greg. He's close.
0: He's very close. My oh, man, Kirby eight, Yates is also doing Kirby Yates. really, really well. Another save. Uh, Kirby Yates last night. Uh, Nico Goodrum mm-hmm. had his third home run of the season. Goodrum only batting 238. The OBP sits at 367. Uh, very good. 367 uh, is very good. But, um,
2: is that the uh, pun intended, Greg? No. Nico Goodrum is no, good.
0: very good. Yeah. Very good. good. Drum. Mm-hmm.
2: But he actually has taken some bitty, uh, pretty big strides so far this year, and he's hitting 238. Uh, Not great. His expected batting average, Greg, 291. That's pretty good. And the fact that he's walking as much as he is, he has a a 49% hard hit rate, according to Baseball Savant. The average exit velocity up about three miles per hour this year. He's a versatile player for the Detroit Tigers. He can move all around the diamond. I think he's going to play more often than not. He's got a 17% walk rate this year, so he's really good in OBP formats, really good in points leagues. He's a guy that you can kind of stick in your lineup everywhere. Really, really valuable place this year for Nico Goodrum, and I think positive regression coming for the batting average as well, Greg.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Nico Goodrum, I think he was a good find. I know
2: people were on him last year, and he picked him up this year. The eligibility is fantastic, and he's been pretty good. So, Print Speed, he's in the 91st percentile too, Greg. I mean, this was a guy that I thought maybe can hit 15 home runs, 15 stolen bases. You know what? Through the first month of the year, three homers, three stolen bases. On, you know, he's on pace for about, you know, 17, 18 home runs at 17, 18 stolen bases. I mean, that'd be a really, really valuable year, especially for a guy with that kind of OBP. Even even being in the in the Detroit Tigers lineup, I like it. There's a lot to like, obviously.
0: A lot to like there. Um, now, so I have a dilemma in my league. This isn't about my lineup again. This is a different one that I think more apropos. What do you
2: end up doing with your lineup, Greg?
0: I, I didn't do it during the break. I was looking at other things. Looking so at graphs.
2: Um, so I don't
0: need a closer in my home league. I have four of them. And they're arguably the four best thus far this season. Arguably, right? I got I got Shane O'Mac and Kirby Yates as two of them. So things are going well. I don't, I don't need a closer. But Jose Leclerc last night blew another one against the Pittsburgh Pirates. LeClerc was awful in allowing three runs on four hits, and immediately after the game, Chris Woodward says, we got to look at this. Sean Kelly's pitched very, very well this season, has the closing experience. Now, he pitched the seventh. Chris Martin pitched the eighth last night. He's been good. But everyone's assumption will be that if Jose Leclerc is taken out of this role, Sean Kelly will get the first opportunity. Sean Kelly is available in my league right now. Should I pick him up?
2: Even with foreclosures? I guess it depends who you would drop. probable like player? But I could, drop, I, could, I could drop Velasquez, which I don't mind. Yep.
0: But if I pick up Kelly, then I feel like I have to hold on to Kelly. Like Velasquez, I could drop for like a different starter or something else mm-hmm. I need during the you week. You want
2: to lineup. have like that swing sw- man yes. type of role yes. in a head-to-head league where you could have someone to drop for streaming pitchers or whatever.
0: Correct. So I don't
2: mind. I, there I anyone just... else you could drop? Who else is on your bench?
0: Zach Eflin. Reggie Montas.
2: Oh, We just dropped Eflin in a 15-team league, Greg. Well, that was a mistake, but that's fine. Uh, was it? Yes. Was it?
0: It's like a complete game. So, Who are your four
2: closers that you have?
0: Uh, Kirby Yates, Felipe Vasquez, Shane Green, and Greg Holland. They're good.
2: Yeah. Um, I would probably pick up Sean Kelly, let him get like a save or two, mm-hmm. and try and trade him. Does your, does your league trade for like random closers that just pick up the job, especially for the Texas Rangers?
0: Yeah, I mean someone's gonna pick him up. Like, I, by the time that this podcast gets published, there's a good chance to be picked up.
2: So Then I would probably, I would probably pick him up. He's gonna be he's gonna be the closer at least for the short term here. The Rangers ha- have invested hey. in Leclerc, and that's part of the reason why we liked him. We didn't think that. He was going to lose his job, but deservedly so. I mean, he has not been good. The guy can't do anything right right now. And, you know, after last night's debacle, he's got an ERA over eight, while Sean Kelly has a 1.50 ERA. Sean Kelly throws a clean inning. I believe he gave up one hit, and he also had one strikeout. Uh, But LeClerc just can't get anything done right now. So at least for the short term, you know, it could be two weeks. It could be a month. It could be longer than that. Uh, It looks like Sean Kelly is going to be the closer. A couple of people brought up Chris Martin to me, Greg. Yeah. Because Sean Kelly pitched seven, seven, Martin seven, the 7th, and Chris yeah. Martin pitched the 8th. But overall, Sean Kelly has a little bit more closing experience, and Chris Martin just doesn't miss enough bats. He's like six case per 9 this year, and has never been a pitcher that gets a lot of strikeouts. So I just think Sean Kelly profiles more as the closer. I agree. For the short term. So uh, if you're out there and you own Jose LeClerc, or if you just need a speculative closer, I mean, just go out there and get Sean Kelly. He's the guy right now. If I were you, I would probably add him.
0: Okay, then I'll, I'll trust you. All right. It did.
2: Yeah. All right. Good job, Greg.
0: All right. This is what it is, man. This is what it is. All right. Let me uh, let me go back to this Pirates Rangers game. Because Jordan Lyles walked four guys, allowed two runs, three hits, struck out five. It was the walks or the bugaboo. I know people want to like Jordan Lyles, and he got himself in and out of trouble. Is there a reason to hold on to Jordan
2: Lyles? He's still done some nice things so far this year and Despite his past couple of starts haven't been great, he still does have a 2.42 ERA. I would hold on to him in deeper leagues, 15-team mixed leagues. Uh, obviously, NL only just because he has a job. But anything shallower than that, you know, your 12-team league, I would have to imagine that there's somebody with more upside out there, like a, a Griffin Canning or take a shot on another prospect who just got called up, a Nate Lowe, or you want to pick up a two-star pitcher. I know Venture was telling me downstairs that Anthony Desclafani has a double-star week next week, Greg, against the Giants. Two starts against the Giants. Anthony DiSclavani. Should I drop Sean? Not the best pitcher of all time. Should I
0: drop Sean Kelly for Anthony Disclavani? Probably not. Okay.
2: But, hey, look. You don't have to be the best pitcher of all time to do all right against the Giants. That's, that's a really good two-star pitcher. So, something like that in a 12-team league. I don't think you need to own Jordan Lyles. But, you know, 15-teamers in those deeper formats. I would probably hold him there. But if he's your worst player, I, I, I don't mind dropping him. Okay.
0: I'm annoyed at myself. Why? I, I should have picked Dasclafani.
2: I would rather have Sean Kelly in that type of format. All right, Let's
0: see what That's happens. For now. Let's see what happens.
2: You flip flop a lot, Greg. You're right, man.
0: You know I flip flop a lot. This isn't like <laughs> this isn't like new to you. You know.
2: Yeah, but you just picked up a closer. But I have closers. Mad at yourself. I have closers. I could have had Dasclafani. How long do you think Jose Leclerc is out of this role, Greg? They're invested in him. There are. And I don't,
0: so I don't think they want him to be, I don't think they want it to be a long time. So do you drop Jose Ilcarra? That's like ultimately the question, right?
2: Probably not. I agree. I agree with you. Like this isn't a Cody Allen situation. Someone asked me, should I drop Cody Allen last week? And we said, no, I actually told whoever asked me, I said, yeah, you can drop Cody Allen Mm -hmm. because look, it was a one year deal that they signed him to. And they said, he's not the closer quote right now, but, his next performance that he came in, he got blown up again, and Hansel Robles converted a save last night, and then he lands on the IL. So it's not the same situation. I would have dropped Cody Allen last week. I would especially drop Cody Allen now, but Jose Leclerc, he's shown talent at times, especially last year. Second half last year, he was awesome. I mean, his swing and miss stuff last year, um, he really, really lowered his walk rate in that second half, and we were what we were hoping for coming into this year was that he was going to pick up on those gains that he made in the second half from a control department, but he, for the most part, has struggled with command. Didn't walk anyone last night, but what happens is, he pitches in the zone, and he starts to get hit around. You know, he gives up uh, he gives up three runs, and blows the game. He almost got out of it, too. So, he struck out two batters, one of, one of them being Starling Marte with runners, I believe, on second and third, uh, and then Josh Bell comes up, last out of the game, and he hits a double to tie the game. So he gave up an early run and then he almost wiggled his way out of it. But overall, he just hasn't been good. Um,
0: I would. Chris Woodward actually just announced, on MLB network radio that they will be pulling him from the closer role. Uh, and putting him in low leverage situations for now.
2: I, I don't think I would drop him though. Okay. If you, look in my, uh, in my home league head to head points league, you only start two relievers there. I mean, there's closers available. I'm probably going to drop them just because we only need two relievers. And, this is overall, we don't value relievers very highly in that format. Sure. But in a roto league and head-to-head categories, I'm going to hold because I think it's, it's sooner rather than later that he gets a job back, I believe. Assuming that he can perform in these low-leverage situations. Makes
0: sense. Makes sense to me. Um, Felipe Vasquez on the other side allowed a run his first of the year, I believe, earned run uh, his seventh save of the season for Vasquez. Starling Marte uh, hits the blow in extras, his third home run of the season uh, for Marte, who just got activated off the IL yesterday. Only hit of the game was that home run that won the game for them. Uh, Good to see Starling Marte going deep again. It's good to see Marte and Polanco back in the same lineup. Uh, Cole Tucker two for five. Uh, He needed that one, Frankie.
2: Yes, he did. Regarding Starling Marte, you know, I was looking into the biggest differences in batting average and expected batting average again last night, and he is among one of the top ones. He's hitting 200. I believe his expected batting average was like 280-something. So uh, better days are coming for Starling Marte. After last night's home run, it's going to be a little bit harder to buy him, but if there's someone in your league that's just like, here, take Starling Marte off my hands. Like, the guy's always hurt. I don't even know why I drafted him. I would be pouncing on that owner right now because I do think that the batting average, especially for Starling Marte, uh, is going to come around.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. Marte, of course, just got hurt. So I, I think people that own him aren't going to be apt to trade him. Mean, he just got him back, right? Yeah. So it's like.
2: Yeah, it's, you're likely not going to be able to. But you might be able to find the right owner out there. Uh, the expected batting average for Starling Marte, 291. The actual batting average at 200. So big lots, difference. Of, uh, lots of positive regressions. Big difference
0: there. Uh, yesterday against Oakland, Rick Porcello won eight shutout innings. He allowed just two hits. Walking two, struck out eight. Excellent performance from Rick Porcello.
2: Yeah, it was a great one. I thought <laughs> what was really interesting, uh, he accomplished a feat last night, Greg. Eight shutout innings with eight strikeouts. Just seven swinging strikes. Holy cow. That is that is impressive in its own right there. Indeed. Uh, he has not been good to start the year. Yeah, and that's me, you know, kind of being nice about it. But, you know, a lot of people draft Porcello because he goes deep into games, and, they, you know, they let him go well over 100 pitches, and... The fact that he has the Red Sox lineup behind him. You draft this guy for quality starts. You expect to get wins out of him. I mean, that's where he's been most valuable the past couple of years. 17 wins last year. In 2016, when he won the Cy Young, he won 22 games. Uh, But overall, he's been really bad this year. The command has been a big issue for him. It wasn't last night, but uh, even after last night's great performance, his walks per nine, 4.94. So as the walks begin to come down, I think you'll see some of those Solid performances from Rick Porcello once again. Just remember, like this is not the guy from his Cy Young year, like three years ago. If you can get the low fours ERA out of him and you know win double digit games, maybe close to fifteen, because he's with the Red Sox, I think you'll take that from Rick Porcello.
0: I agree with that. I'm Boogie Betts.
2: hot again. Another home run. Another dinger.
0: We'll be back, BFFs, right after this.
1: Go to gamefacegrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. In this league.
2: Uh, for Avengers, instead, Ned, they're battling Mickey Mouse. So. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, oh, Welcome, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest land in the world! We're gonna get rid of all the evil! Uh, yeah, not Mr. Bill. Mickey Mouse. No, yeah, I, I kinda do do a Mr. Bill. <laughs> oh, no! Hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, no! <laughs> (laughs) I miss
1: Mr. Bell. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto-Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto-Experts are providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package. Only at RotoExperts.com.
0: Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is your VFFs. Frank Stamfel. Greg Sussman hanging out with you. And Frankie... Reggie, how you doing, man?
2: I'm doing all right. I'm starting to wake up a little bit more here. Yeah, feeling good. Feeling better as the day goes on.
0: You mentioned your DFS lineup yesterday, and you mentioned the fact that you had Fran Reyes in it. Reyes hit two home runs last night against Julio Tehran, leading the Padres to a 4-3 victory in Atlanta. Uh, the Padres were led, once again, by Chris Paddock, who went six innings, allowed four hits, two runs, walked one. He struck out five for another quality start from Paddock. Kirby Yates allowed a hit but picked up his 14th save now of the season. Julio Tehran with seven innings, five hits, four runs, walking one and struck out eight. He allowed the three home runs, uh, two to Fran Reyes, the other one coming from Eric Hosmer.
2: Greg, Fran Reyes is going to be an absolute beast. I'm telling you this right now. He's up to eight home runs on the year. Double dong performance last night for him. Um... And he's starting to come around. Look, all the expected numbers, I mean, this guy is a stat cast hero right now. Exit velocity, he's in the 98th percentile. Hard hit rate, 91st percentile. Expected WOBA, 94th percentile. Expected slugging percentage, 97th percentile. Expected batting average, 91st percentile. He hits the ball hard. He's got the ideal launch angle, 94.7 mile per hour average exit velocity. He's lowered the strikeout rate this year. Big things are coming for Fred Milreis. I'm a huge, huge fan of his. Uh, look, if someone in your league is not buying into him, I think this guy has legit, you know, top 30 outfield upside, maybe even better than that. I just had concerns about him coming into the year, if he was going to play every day, but it seems like that's pretty much a thing of the past. He's been playing quite regularly for the San Diego Padres here. I absolutely love what I've seen from him recently. I think he's going to only get better as well. Uh, and then Chris Paddock, this was a nice little uh, glimpse of the future. Uh, unfortunately, Manny Machado has not come around yet for the Padres, but you know, two of their youngest studs and Fran Mulreis and Chris Paddock showing up huge in this game. And Chris Paddock has now gone at least six innings, Greg, in three straight starts. He hasn't allowed more than three runs in any start this season. Has allowed exactly one walk in five of six starts. So that stellar command that we loved coming into the year, Greg, it's shown up for Paddock. He hasn't had... The biggest swinging strike rate. But overall, you just watch him pitch. I mean, the guy just, he gets it. He knows how to. I mean, he's got the mid-90s fastball. He's got the good command. You watch him. He, he knows where to spot these pitches. Uh, he knows you know, how to mix in the changeup. Obviously, that nasty changeup that he throws. And started throwing the curveball a little bit more last night as well. So, nice to see the, the, the two future studs for the Padres coming through last night. in Fran Reyes. And Chris Paddock, I love both of them.
0: Future is bright for both of these guys uh, on the squad. Uh, lots of love, Eric Hosmer. A name that we weren't on really in draft seasons back. Two fifty two, three hundred eight is his OBP. Fifth home run of the season for Hosmer. Is he raising the ball more? or Is he still ground ball machine?
2: Uh, that's a fair question. Let's look into that, Greg. I know overall he got off to a terrible start, but uh-huh. the fact that his batting average is up to two fifty two now Here's tells the you. Encouraged a little bit. He's 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 been hot the past couple of weeks and. Uh, He actually is, Greg. I'm looking at the average launch angle so far this season, 7.8. Whereas last year, negative 1.2. This is a guy that's always struggled um, with hitting too many ground balls. And I say struggled loosely because he struggled to hit for power. But it's worked for him in the past. I mean, that's what helped him get this huge long-term contract with the San Diego Padres just doing what he's always done. He's been a guy that typically in the past has been able to hit for good batting average, uh, but he does hit a lot of the, a lot of balls on the ground. Uh, he makes a decent amount of contact. Uh, just, you know, a consummate pro hits in the middle of the lineup. You know, if guys get on base ahead of him, he's going to end the year with, you know, 85 plus ribbies. I think that's what the San Diego Padres uh, wanted in him. They kind of want to build a winning culture. And he was the first piece of that puzzle uh, but overall, he's hitting two fifty two this year. He's got an expected batting average of two sixty-six and has raised the launch angle dramatically. We're talking, you know, nine degrees overall on average this year. So he's hitting more line drives. He's hitting more fly balls. And that's something that can only help Eric Hosmer. And you see that with what he's done the past couple of weeks, getting that batting average up over two fifty. So it seems like better days are actually coming for Eric Hosmer and the entire Padres lineup. You know, Fran Reyes is coming around now, Greg. The last one to come around, Manny Machado. And once that starts clicking, I mean, the team is already winning games. And that's without Manny Machado really doing anything. So, better days coming for the San Diego Padres.
0: One day that you wanted to talk about yesterday when you get a chance to do was Manny Machado and why he's like, if you're looking for the perfect buy-low superstar. It's Machado. How come?
2: Just, I mean, if you look at the numbers overall, Greg, we have enough of a sample size of Manny Machado now that, and we've seen this before where he gets off to these slow starts, but overall, I mean, he's hitting two thirty six. He's a career 281 hitter, Greg. Uh the batted ball data is pretty much in line. I mean, the 39% hard hit rate, that's higher than his career norm. It's higher than it was last year. Um, he's hitting a few more ground balls this year, but these things will will even out. He's got a, you know, he's got a 292 Babip right now. Um it's just we have enough of a sample size for Manny Machado now. He's only got four home runs. It's just. He was drafted in the second round, and he's not performing like a second-round player. So there might be someone who's panicking. Oh, well, he's changed leagues. I mean, the strikeout rate is up this year. But he played for the Dodgers last year, Greg, in the same division. He performed really well with the Dodgers last year. So I don't really have concerns when it comes to Manny Machado. If someone in your league is freaking out, I'm trying to take advantage of that.
0: Fair enough. Manny Machado, a bye right now for our own Frankie Stample. You know, he's gone 48 minutes thus far in the program, Frank. And we haven't mentioned our guy,
2: you and me. Who's that? Jesus Aguilar. More Michael Florio's guy. Definitely but. not our guy. <laughs>
0: Definitely not our guy. But Jesus Aguilar, once again, in Fuego. Goes deep. Florio promised us they come in bunches. They'd come in bunches the last two days, three home runs uh, over his last two days as he leads Milwaukee to a four to three victory over the Rockies. Your boy, Yolise Chassin goes six innings. Two not hits. my boy. Walk three, only struck out one. That's not so good. Uh, Josh Hader, because it 7th save, but did allow a run in the ninth on a two-run shot by Ian Desmond. Interesting. Herman Marquez, your boy, Chris, goes seven innings, six hits, four runs. Didn't walk anybody, but struck out six against a tough Brewers lineup that was, once again, without Christian Nillich.
2: Yeah, and he just got in trouble in that final inning when he gave up that three-run homer to Aguilar. He was actually cruising in the start. He was perfect through five innings. He had five innings pitched, no hits, no walks. He had five strikeouts. Um, struggled a little bit in the sixth. Got out of a bases loaded jam, only allowing one run, and then gives up the big three-run fly to Jesus Aguilar in his final inning. So maybe he was just kind of running on fumes here. I think he was uh, getting close to uh, just running on E here. And you know he just ran into uh, Jesus Aguilar, who, again, hits his third home run. He had three home runs in the past two days and he hits it to the opposite field. And that's what I said yesterday is, you know, you kind of just see what Jesus Aguilar, uh, he's just taking what pitchers are giving to him now. I don't think he's trying to do too much. Maybe he was you know, trying a little too hard early on in the season, but, you know, sees that, that pitch up and just takes it the opposite way. So I like to see that from him. And if he was dropped in your league, I'm not saying that you absolutely need to go out there and get Jesus Aguilar. Oh, my God, if you dropped him, I got to go pick him back up. Uh, but if you have someone on your bench who's not performing, you know there are worse things than picking up a guy who just hit you know three, 30, thirty-five home runs last year and drove in over a hundred ribbies. So I think now is the time to do that if he was dropped in your league. Overall, I thought this performance uh, for Herman Marquez was another promising one. I really love the fact that didn't walk anyone here. Just got doomed by that big fly late from Hazel Aguilar.
0: So a little bit. Um not a little bit, but a lot to be impressed with that with Herman Marquez through the first month of the season. I've certainly been impressed. Another one of the ones uh, I quite frankly just got wrong. Happens. Ian Desmond with his third home run of the season. Still batting under 200, though, uh, is Ian Desmond. Ryan McMahon after getting super hot. over 4 again yesterday. He had two strikeouts. Batting 224 now. Garrett Hampson continues not to play. Uh, he was over one He struck out his pitch hit appearance. He's also batting under
2: 200. So, Greg, would you say that Ryan McMahon is now super not hot? Over the past two weeks, he's 10 for 42. He's batting 238 with two home runs, which I believe came in the same game, right? Mm -hmm. He had that multi-homer performance. First came back. And hasn't really done much since. What are you doing with Ryan McMahon? Are you holding him just because he plays every day in the Rockies lineup? At this point, I am, yes. Pretty much, right? And you own him, right? I do. I, 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 do, I do. I own him in a in a home league where I believe I have now four Rockies players. Ah. I have Daniel Murphy, so I have Trevor I, Story, I have David Dahl, and I have Ryan, Ryan McMahon. I have four Rockies players. Yeah, so so I had, on a day when they,
0: they get shut out, I'm screwed, Greg. I had four as well until I dropped Hampson. Um, I have Dahl Arenado, and McMahon. They start every I start every day. I don't even have another second baseman on my team to fill in at the moment.
2: <laughs> so you know. It's rough out there. The walk rate is solid for Ryan McMahon. I mean, almost a 12% walk rate. It's pretty good. 26% Ks. A little too much. We talk about guys who are hitting too many balls on the ground, Greg. 52% ground ball rate for Ryan McMahon. It's not going to get the job done. That's not. I mean, I don't care if you play in course Field. If you hit the ball on the ground, yeah, maybe you'll give me a single, but it's not going to turn into a homer. 44% hard hit rate. So, there's pros and cons here. I like the walk rate. I like the hard hit, the hard contact that he's making, but round ball rate being 52%, the strikeout rate, 26%. There are pros and cons when it comes to Ryan Man. I think overall I would still hold on to him just because he has that positional versatility and he plays every single day for the Colorado Rockies. But, you know, over the, over the next couple of weeks, I know that May is a big month for Colorado Rockies hitters. They have a lot of games at home. Finally. They have a lot of games against, like, questionable pitching staffs. So May is a big month for Rockies hitters. Uh, if we go through this month and Ryan McMahon doesn't really turn it around, I'm going to hold him. I'm going to hold on to him for at least at least the next two, maybe three weeks, Greg. But if he doesn't start to turn it on by then, we're probably looking at dropping Ryan McMahon.
0: Let me go over to who you could drop Ryan McMahon for potentially. And at this moment, it may be Brandon Jury, who is one of the hotter hitters, oddly enough, uh, in baseball. He's homered three out of his last four days, and the thought was he was so cold and so bad that once Vlad came up, Brandon Jury. May be released from the Toronto Blue Jays. Instead, he continues to play every day, and all he does is hit home runs. His fifth of the season yesterday uh, against the Angels. A lot to uh, kind of break down from this game. So let, let's try our best here, Frank. So, Jury hits the home run. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero goes over two. He did walk twice, which was good. But it was the debut for the Angels for Griffin Canning. In that debut, he went four and a third, allowed four hits, three runs. He struck out six while walking just one. Uh, the big blow for him was that Brandon Jury home run. A couple of runs uh, allowed, or allowed, run allowed earlier in the game was on his own wild pitch. For the Angels, you wanted to know what was going to happen late in the game with the lead. Well, Ty Butcher came on in the eighth, struck out a batter, pitched a clean eighth inning. In the ninth was the undertaker, Hansel Robles who walked the, pl- walked the batter, struck out a batter, and picked up his second save of the season.
2: Yeah, so let's start here with uh, with Griffin Canning. I th- I thought it was a solid debut. He wasn't efficient enough. Uh, and that's why he only goes to four and one-third innings pitch and got his pitch count up all the way up to 82. It is worth noting that the third run that he allowed was actually... Uh, Cam Bedrosian, who came up, came in and gave up a hit. So when he left the game, he had allowed only two earned runs, but there was a runner on base. So the line ends up looking like four and a third, four hits, three runs, six strikeouts. Greg, he had 18 swinging strikes yesterday. The Toronto Blue Jays are a lineup that tends to swing and miss a lot, but 18 swinging strikes on 82 pitches. Really like what I saw. The fastball sitting 93 miles per hour. Seemed like he had good command of it. Kind of has like a herky-jerky delivery. Uh, overall, I like what I saw out of him. No, uses a curveball, uses a slider, some nice bite on his breaking pitches there. If he's available in your league, I, I would find a way to get Griffin Canning on my team. I, I would drop Jordan Lyles for him. I would drop I would drop Vincent Velasquez for him. Uh, some of these other friend starting pitchers that we've talked about, I would drop those guys for Griffin Canning. I do think that he has some upside. Again, he was their top pitching prospect in the organization. Hansel Robles, you mentioned it, uh, as we suspected pretty much, comes in, gets the save, Relatively clean inning, gives up one walk, doesn't give up a hit, gets one strikeout, converts a save. Brandon Drury, interesting one here because you're right that we questioned the playing time, but seemingly the past two weeks, this guy has played every single game. I'm looking at his game log on Yahoo, Greg. He's been in there every single day, and he is just red hot for this team. But when everyone's healthy, when Freddie Galvis is healthy, when Eric Sogard, who left the game last night, is healthy, is he still going to play every single day? I think he's playing every single day right now because he's hot. Sure. But overall, long-term, I know you're the short-term guy, uh, so I guess I'll throw this your way. Are you picking up Brandon Drury because he's one of the hottest hitters in baseball? Long-term, I do have question marks, though, when it comes to him. I think Kavon Vigio is coming up at some point for this team. Later on in the summer, uh, Bo Bichette's going to be up for this team, and we got the report yesterday. Um, might have been from – was it from Rosenthal? It was from somebody. Someone – whatever, national baseball writer that – uh, the, Blue, the Blue Jays are looking into getting rid of all of their older pieces. They want to build around a young nucleus, guys that are in their low 20s, these prospects, similar age to Vladimir Guerrero, so that they can all grow together. Not that Marcus Stroman is old, but they're probably going to try and trade away him and Sanchez and, and uh, Justin Smoke. So this is a team that's looking towards the future and letting their young kids play. But I do think Kavon Biggio is going to be up sooner rather than later for the Blue Jays, which is just another name in the mix here for them. So what are you doing with, uh, with Brandon injury?
0: I think it's a good question. Um, I think for me, he's hot, right? And, he, and he's playing every day. I don't like that he's batting at the bottom of the lineup, 8th, 6th, and 7th uh, over his past three days. But I think if your second baseman is, is dying and not getting the job done, yeah, I mean, I, he's hot. Don't forget, obviously, Bo Bichette broke his hand, so it's not going to be a while until we it see is, him.
2: Yeah, it's, it's going to be post-All-Star break. So Brandon Jerry's been be there for a little while. Yeah, and let's not forget, man. Like, Brandon Drury had some hype over the past couple of years, and he's only 26. The guy has got the short end of the stick everywhere that he's gone. I mean, the Yankees trade for him, and then they end up making a slew of moves, and Miguel Andohar comes up, and he's awesome, and you know, he basically gets Wally pipped here, and we thought that he was going to have a role with the Yankees. That doesn't come to fruition. Um, they let him go. He, he latches on with the Blue Jays. We thought that he was basically just going to fill in until Vladimir Guerrero comes up, but this is a guy that had some upside, Greg. I mean... Just a couple of years ago, we were, we were pretty excited about him. He does strike out a lot. I mean, he's around a 35% strikeout rate this year. But hitting, hitting the ball in the air more this year and a 49% hard hit rate. I agree with Greg, man. For the short term, if you need a second baseman, you need a third baseman. His multipositional multi-positional eligibility. I'm going to ride the hot, the hot hand when it comes to Brandon Drury. And I think this line is going to get better, considering that Vladimir Guerrero, he's been up. He hasn't necessarily done anything yet. so. I think the lineup's going to perform better. He's really hot. I don't have a problem picking him up, but just know, long term, I do have question marks here.
0: There's many question marks here. Long term,
2: it's not a long term play. Add all data though, man. Forty nine percent hard hit rate. Can't argue with that. Absolutely not. Numbers don't lie. Numbers never lie.
0: Is what we've been told. Uh, you think of
2: Hansel Robles? Hansel Robles or Sean Kelly? Robles. I- but I told you, I told you you should have picked up Hansel Robles, too, I think. We were talking about it. He's, he's, you should have asked me before.
0: I forgot he was available.
2: I would have told Grant, yeah, Hansel Robles. I think he has more staying power long-term here. Sure. Tom Kelly, again, I think Jose LeCurk's going to get this job back at some point. Got just because right. I think it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. I forgot How about this, Greg?
0: Robles is, yeah. I'll
2: throw this your way. Pedro Stroop last night. I have him in my lineup. Doesn't come in in a safe situation. Did you drop him for Hansel Robles? No.
0: I just think Stroop got the night off.
2: All right. I'll trust you.
0: Chris Venture joins the program. It's going to be a fun second hour. You'll
2: enjoy it.. That's it.